hello to you and welcome to the Worcester Talking News in conjunction with Worcester News and Equipment Services for the Visually Impaired. Today we'll bring you news from Friday the 3rd of February and Thursday, February the 9th. My name is Kate and with me this evening are Sue Parry, Janet Goodwin and our engineer is John Plush. The admin and copying team are led by Carol Hartle and we thank them very much indeed for all the hard work that they do behind the scenes and getting the memory sticks to you as well. We will bring you, as always, the week's headline stories, further interesting articles, entertainment at local theatres and sport. Um, We open the birthday book, which actually I've opened already and there aren't any birthdays this week, so... um, uh, they won't be reading any, but if you do have a birthday, any time, obviously, or through the year, please let us know because we'd love to wish you a happy birthday. We all think about you a lot and that would be rather nice to be able to wish you a happy birthday. We'll give you sunrise and sunset times, some useful telephone numbers that you may find handy uh, at given times and um, uh, we hope that you will enjoy the articles we, we read. Uh, we welcome new n- listeners always uh, and any comments you wish to make, good or bad, if you want to telephone us. We're not always here, but we will answer any messages that you may leave or you could put a note in your wallet if you prefer. Um, we like good, uh, obviously good comments, but we, uh, we take bad ones too. And donations, of course, are rather nice because we are a voluntary service. Uh, but that's, that's you know your choice, obviously. Um, The service also includes a regular magazine and there are over a a thousand talking books that are available to you as well and all this service is free. Um, So uh, tonight we'll get on with with the stories in hand. Uh, So I'll ask Sue to start with the telephone numbers please and the sunrise and sunset. Righty-ho, here in Wilds Lane the phone number is 01905 767 766. The police non emergency is 101. Crime Stoppers 0800 Worcester Hub 01905 765 765. Worcester Theatres um, Malvern Theatre. Um, phone number is 01684 892277 um, Worcester Theatre is um, 01905 611427 uh, Worcester Wheels for Transport is 01905 out of Hours medical services is one one one. The Samaritans um, is a free phone number, and it's one one six one two three. Western Power, the national grid for power cuts, o eight o o nine one seven seven nine five three, can be used in in event of a power cut. Twenty four hour service. To register, um, there's another phone call, and it's free, is 0800 032 8302. 
and you can have it. Um, it can be provided in Braille or large print or alternative languages if necessary. And Janet, would you like to tell us what's on at the local theatres in the next few, right. few uh, either this week or next, perhaps? At the Worcester Theatre, we've got several things. Um, the first one is Friday, 2nd, 10th of February. That's tomorrow. It's all called Teachers Leavers. And then on the Saturday, uh, the 11th, at 7.30pm, the Pontiac Dance Party. And in the morning of that day, there's the, um, the Swan Theatre Amateur Company presenting The Welsh Rabbit. And then Saturday, 11th of February, at 7.30, The History of Rock. And Wednesday, the 15th of February... The Barber of Seville, the Royal Opera. And 14th of February is the Comedy Club. And there's the Norbury at Droitwich. Wednesday, 15th of February, the Railway Children Return. Now, that's, that's a film. And there's the Children's Theatre on the Saturday. That's the 18th. And then... Wednesday the 22nd is The Merry Widow. Right, opera, lovely music. That is Wednesday the 22nd to Saturday the 25th. And then we've got number eight, Pershaw. Um, on Friday the 10th at 7.30 is the Orchestra of the Swan, Earth Cycle. There's a picture of a gentleman playing a violin. And then on Saturday the 11th, 7.30 is the Ronnie Scott's story. Then Wednesday the 15th of February at 7, the Royal Opera, the Barber of Seville. That's lovely. Thank you, Janet, very much indeed. Okay. It sounds some good stuff actually coming up, doesn't it? Mm. Um, right, Sue, would you like to start the headline stories for um, the week then? You should have Fridays to begin with, if you would. Yes, I've got Fridays here. That's lovely. <coughs> So um, the headline I'm going to read is from uh, Friday, February the 3rd. And um, the headline is Waste of Money. Head teacher questions need for planned £40 million school. And uh, this is the um, little piece that's been written about it. A head teacher has branded a plan <clears throat> to build a new £40 million secondary school in the city, a waste of money. Neil Morris, head teacher at Christopher Whitehead Language College in Worcester, called out council bosses for pushing to build a new secondary school before addressing the existing problems in what he called a broken system. He said a decision to push ahead with the multi-million pound work and build it close to the catchment areas of other struggling schools was controversial as many schools of the city and other teachers. It was to throw a grenade in. The secondary head teachers wonder why we need a £40 million new school, he said at the City Council's Health and Wellbeing Committee in the Guild Hall. We wonder if there's any need. I wonder if it could have been an alternative school for children who struggle in mainstream education and that would have picked up some of the needs. We're not sure there's the need, we're not sure there are places and it seems a lot of money. 
There's always been a, a sink school in Worcester. Christopher Whitehead was that sink school for a while. Bishop Perone is struggling at the moment. It used to be Elgar, and the placing of this school near to Bishop Perone, I think, is quite controversial. Worcestershire County Council revealed it would be building a new 600-place secondary school in the Newtown Road area of the city in 2021 and later announced that Oasis Community Learning, which is made up of 52 schools, including Oasis Academy in Warndon, as the new school sponsor. During the same meeting, Mr Morris, alongside Kate Wilcock, teacher at Pitmaston Primary School, described the huge problems across the city schools, calling the situation overwhelming and the system broken. Worcestershire County Council said there was a definite need for more school places in the city and the plans had been drawn after extensive talks and consultation. Councillor Tracy Onslow, Cabinet Member for Education at Worcestershire County Council, said the building of any new school is a major project and was commissioned following extensive consultation with stakeholders and residents, the results of which were overwhelmingly positive. The provision of a new school will ensure children can access a secondary school place within their local community in a growing city, as well as improving choice and access. The requirement for more secondary places is evidenced by our sufficiency work, which is carried out across the county and updated on an annual basis, in line with the NHS and census information. My headline says, Someone is going to get killed. Blind woman's fears on city's cluttered streets. An anxious blind woman fears she will be hurt or killed because of the increasing dangers on the city centre's cluttered streets. Rachel Foylan, who is almost totally blind, fell over a cafe table two weeks ago in Crowngate Shopping Centre. I crashed into a table. Thank God, if it had been a door or a window, nothing would have broken my fall, she said. The 69-year-old of Chatcombe Drive, Warnden, says tables and chairs have crept further out onto pavements since the COVID-19 pandemic. Hazards include alfresco dining areas, dodging bikes and electric scooters, and weaving her way between A-boards, umbrellas and delivery drivers blocking footpaths. The grandmother is calling for urgent action by shop managers and council officials, asking them to complete a blindfold challenge. Site Concern Worcestershire Chief Executive Anne Eyre says Mrs Foyland's experiences reflect those of other blind or partially sighted people and while welcoming cafe culture, the city centre must not become an assault course. Mrs Foylan, who relies on a guide dog, fell into a table near Primark in Crowngate, describing the area as a bottleneck. However, she stresses she is not against tables and chairs being outside and understands business owners have to make a living. She also says New Street is far too narrow for tables and chairs, while St Swithers Street, Broad Street and Melcheapen Street pose problems. 
she feels those obstacles force her and guide dog Pordy into the road where they're at risk of being hit, hit by vehicles. Not all people are kind and generous to blind people. I get abuse from people. The language is horrendous, she said. Robbed of her sight by glaucoma, all Mrs Foylan can see are faint shadows. You don't even hear the electric scooters until they're on top of you, she said. One scooter came so close to her she thought she was going to have a heart attack. I screamed. I try not to use bad language, but I shouted, You idiot! He was going very fast. I'm born and bred in Worcester, but there are parts of the city I just would not go. Fighting back tears, she added, I'm really, really anxious. My deepest concern is that someone is going to get killed. A spokesperson for Crowngate said, Accessibility is a priority for us both inside and outside the centre and we always take any feedback from customers seriously and investigate any issues raised. A Worcester City Council spokesman said he, he was, it was sorry to hear Mrs Foyland's story and invited her to contact them. We also find, fund the Access Able service, which provides advice and information for disabled people living in or visiting Worcester at www.accessible.co.uk forward slash Worcester City Council. Cafes, restaurants and pubs that wish to have chairs and tables on the public highway outside their premises have to obtain a licence under the National Pavement Licensing Legislation introduced by the government during the pandemic to support businesses reopening to the public. Worcester City Council processes these licence applications and one of the main considerations is the balancing of the needs of different users of the pavement, including people whose sight is impaired. Mm. If that affects any of you, then don't hesitate to contact some of those numbers that uh, Janet's just read out. Um, right, the headline on Monday, February the 6th, £50,000 for poverty not spent. A pot of money set aside uh, most to, uh, almost two years ago to help tackle food poverty in Worcester has still not been spent. Worcester City Council promised to spend at least £50,000 on measures to deal with rising food poverty in the city back in March 2021. Almost two years on, most of the money remains unspent. Worcester City Council said it had already spent a significant amount of money on helping the vulnerable in the last two years, including providing free school meal vouchers and donations to Worcester Food, food Bank, and had not needed to tap into the £50,000. Councillor Louis Stephen said he was disappointed the money had not been touched. This money has been around for a little while now and it hasn't been spent. It's great that we are talking about all these things, but the fact that we have had the best part of £50,000 and there are people in need and we've not spent it, that needs to be spent. I was hoping that at this meeting we might have had a menu of things that we could choose from and we would be able to decide. Little disappointed that we are not going to be deciding how to spend the money tonight, he said during the meeting of the City Council's Health and Wellbeing Committee in the Guildhall on the 30th of January. 
Lloyd Griffiths, the council's director of operations, said the council had already spent a not so significant sum on tackling food poverty and would be trying its best to have options for the money by March, but could not 100% commit to be able to present them to councillors. At the same meeting, councillors heard from Christopher Whitehead Language College head teacher Neil Morris, who spoke about how his school was forced to pay for food and clothing for an increasing number of deprived children. The next meeting of the Health and Wellbeing Committee takes place in mid-June, which will be more than two years after the £50,000 was set aside. At the meeting, councillors did finally agree to spend £3,200 following a request from Worcester Community Trust to buy a community fridge and freezer for the Green Hub in Dines Green. A child poverty task and finish group was set up by councillors to investigate the problem in late 2019 and £50,000 was set aside to spend on tackling food poverty in March 2021. By November that year, another report by council officers said there was no clear use for the money and by June 2022, the council's position had not changed with it saying it would be in a better position to decide how to divvy out the funds by July. And this is um, from Tuesday, February the 7th, um, one of the headlines. A road worker has revealed how angry drivers drive straight at him when he's carrying out his job. Liam Smith is just one of many workers whose life has been put at risk due to drivers' frustration and impatience at road closures and temporary traffic lights. Throughout his 18 months working for Headway Traffic Management, he has had to jump out of the path of people driving their cars at him intentionally on several occasions. He is part of a crew currently working on Whittington Road who have revealed to the Worcester News the abuse they suffer daily after we revealed Worcestershire Highways and Ringway bosses raised concerns for their staff's safety. Revealing some of the worst abuse he has suffered, Mr Smith said, I got charged with a vehicle by one guy who threatened to set his dogs on me because we closed the road. At that point, we were tarmacking the junction he wanted to come into, so I explained to him the diversion route. He then high-revved his vehicle and drove through my cones. He then got out of the car with his sheepdogs and threatened to set one on me. I got into my van to protect myself and he was trying to get me out of the van. He added, it's a shock and it's quite scary at the time, but then it happens every day so it starts to become normal. But it does sometimes make you feel like you don't want to go to work. But I have developed a thick skin through this job and you've got to take it on the chin. He also explained how working at night is worse because they experience the darker side of the public. He's not alone. One of his colleagues joined Headway last week and on Saturday, February the 4th, a man squared up to him to tackle the problem. Worcestershire Highways and Ringway has started to campaign to encourage teams to report incidents. Chris Higgins, who has worked on roads around Worcester for 24 years, said, You get abuse and people calling all sorts with a bit of swearing mixed in. I just try and ignore it and say I'm trying to do my job and I try and calm them down. That's all you can do. 
John Fraser, head of Worcestershire Highways, said, I'd like to thank the Worcester News for highlighting this issue for us. For myself and Richard Fryer, divisional manager, we will continue to raise awareness of this situation because it's unacceptable. These are people trying to do a job, trying to get numbers up, the public safety through a site and in any other area of work. It is unacceptable and it is on the highways as well. This is a headline from yesterday's paper, February the 8th. Chip shop owner stands by quality of food after hygiene inspection. It says, I don't care about one star rating. An owner from a city family chip shop dynasty has come out fighting after his business was awarded a one-star hygiene rating. Anthony Popiero, owner of Ambleside Fish Bar on Gresham Road, Dines Green, says his food is top-notch despite the lowly hygiene rating awarded by the City Council. Mr Popiero's family have owned the Ambleside Fish Bar in Ambleside Drive in Walden for more than 40 years and last September opened a chippy in Dines Green. The business was inspected after a week and told paperwork was not in order and major improvement was needed in the management of food safety. But a return visit found the paperwork was now in order but the one-star rating will remain until September unless Mr Papiro applies for a re-rating visit. He said, I don't care if we were given a zero-star rating. I know my food and I know what we cook is good quality. It is a mistake. We were given a one-star rating after being open for just a week and apparently not having our books in order. I was told I would be seen again in a month, but nobody came back and we are still waiting. I can't believe they haven't changed it by now. In the report, the chippy was rated generally satisfactory for both hygienic food handling and the cleanliness and condition of the facilities and building. But major improvement was necessary for the management of food safety, such as systems or checks being in place to ensure food sold or served was safe to eat. Mr Porpiro said he would not beg for a five-star rating. He said, I've been in the business for 25 years and I'm not giving them the satisfaction of begging for a five-star rating. I have enough on my plate to worry about. They have never worked in a kitchen in their lives and do not understand. A spokesman for Worcester City Council said a follow-up visit was carried out after the September 1st inspection and it was noted that the, that the required paperwork was in place at that stage. Such revisits are undertaken to ensure improvements have been made but do not result in the original rating being updated. A business owner can apply for a re-rating visit for which there is a cost, but in this case no such request has been received to date. Unless an application is received, the business will next be inspected in September. And the headline today, uh, Thursday the 9th, Drive-through drug search. Two arrested after police swoop in McDonald's queue. Suspected armed drug raiders, dealers, were boxed in using police cars as officers swooped on a McDonald's drive-thru during dramatic scenes. 
We are now able to bring you further details of the rapid arrests as West Mercia, West Mercia Police cornered the suspects on the drive through at Blackpool Retail Park at around 10.15am yesterday morning. Officers trained in tactics used their cars to block in the suspect's vehicle, cutting off all avenues of escape. Meanwhile, customers had to wait to order their Big Macs and McNuggets as the popular drive through had to close temporarily while a thorough search of the car was conducted by officers, including a sniffer dog. West Mercy Police made two arrests and seized what we can now reveal was a substantial quantity of suspected Class A drugs and a large combat knife from inside the Chevrolet Spark. It was sniffer dog Alfie who's now ultimately located the suspected Class A drugs which will now have to be scientifically analysed as West Mercia Police build a case. A 47-year-old man from Worcester and an 18-year-old man from Kidderminster were both arrested on suspicion of possession with intent to supply Class A drugs. The 18-year-old was also arrested for possession of an offensive weapon after a large combat-style knife was found inside the car. Detective Inspector Dave Knight of South Worcestershire Proactive CID, based in Worcester Police Station in Castle Street, was kept informed of the situation by drugs officers on the ground as the situation developed. In an unusual twist on the pattern of country lines dealing, which usually involves drugs being trafficked to Worcester from big cities like Birmingham, police believe the drugs were being transported from a base in Starport, a smaller centre than Worcester. D.I. Knight said they were boxed in. This is great, a great example of suspected drug dealers trying to break the tradition of shipping drugs into Worcester from larger cities. We are wise to it and will continue to lock up anyone intent on dealing drugs. A significant amount of suspected Class A drugs has been recovered. The two suspects resisted arrest but were quickly brought under control and handcuffed. In total, two parcels were seized, one seized, one golf ball sized and the other tennis ball sized. The drugs will now be tested. D.I. Dave Knight said this was a pre-planned operation between the South Worcestershire Proactive CID County Lines team and the Operation Patrol Unit. There have been um, quite a lot of uh, not very nice articles in in the paper at the moment and this is a more light-hearted one. Um, Children have planted fruit trees to help provide shade for their community in the summer months. Pupils at Bishop Perone C of E College planted trees as part of Councillor Karen Lewings and Bob Whitelaw, the chair of the Arboretum Residents Association, Branch Out campaign. The campaign, which received funding from the Tree Council, aims to provide new woodland and fruit trees in Lansdowne Park. Councillor Lewings said... I was motivated to plant more trees in the park when I saw small children playing and a mum with sunburn and realised that the play area had no shade. I also wanted the park to have more interest. I know how important our green spaces are to local residents. Claire Morris, the assistant head teacher, said, Twelve year seven pupils walked down from the school buzzing with excitement. They really enjoyed getting outside in the fresh air and getting stuck into digging holes and planting the fruit trees. Some of the trees have now names and the pupils have um, committed to keeping an eye on them.
The new trees are hoped to cover a huge gap in existing cover after some of the mature trees in the area were suffering from ash dieback. The two days were supported by the City Council's community officers and the Worcestershire Wildlife Trust and the Duckworth Trust, which loaned gloves and spades. Included in the scheme were new fruit trees to add to the canal corridor as part of the Canal and River Trust's project to plant the world's largest community orchard along the Worcester and Birmingham Canal. The trees are also contributing to the Queen's Green Canopy Initiative to give people the opportunity to plant trees in memory of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. Mr Whitelaw said, It was a frosty start, so we were not sure how many people would brave the cold, but there was, it was so Im- impressed with them and with the wide support from the Arboretum community. No, this is a... Uh, you need quite a strong stomach for this one. <laughs> Plea to end blockages. Rag skips have been filled to the brim with items that should never have been flushed down the toilet in the first place. Wet wipes, sanitary napkins and other unflushable items have caused thousands of sewer blockages across the region. Seven Trent workers claim they have been called out to thousands of blockages across the region. The company is urging people not to put fat, oil or grease down the drain and to avoid flushing wet wipes down the toilet. These can form blockages in sewer pipes which cause sewage to break up into homes, gardens and into the environment. And staff were not impressed by one blocked sewage pipe at a residential home in Warnden last year. Seven Trent engineers still having to pull out a joker toy from a blocked sewage pipe is no laughing matter. Seven Trent said the average home sewer pipe is about 150 millimetres in diameter, the same as a new roll of toilet paper, so it doesn't take much for a blockage to form. Grant Mitchell, Seven Trent FOG strategy lead, said, Our advice is always to stick to flushing the three Ps, which I think we all know, and bin anything else. These relatively small changes will make a big difference and hopefully avoid any future blockages. The huge amount of rag in the skips, like the ones pictured, uh, there is a ghastly picture actually. The huge amount of rag in the skips, like the ones pictured, builds up weakly and is con- a consequence of people flushing the odd wipe down the toilet here and there, not realising the impact it can have. Blockages can cause sewage to back up into people's homes, the street, or even into the local environment, and it's totally avoidable. We often hear that people don't realise they're responsible for the waste pipe running down away from their home and blocking or repairing this section of the pipe can be costly, which nobody wants right now. So this is another reason why it's worth thinking about what you're flushing down. Mr Mitchell said there would be fewer nightmare blockages if people knew what to do to prevent sewage blockages. Residents at a care home have come face to face with some magnificent birds of prey. Perry Manor in Charles Hastings Way in Worcester welcomed a flock of feathered friends into the home and residents were given the opportunity to get up close to the impressive birds. As part of the animal therapy session, residents learnt about history and characteristics of birds as well as other interesting facts about the calming creatures.
The birds, including a barn owl, a white-faced owl and a European kestrel, were brought by Cheltenham-based falconry works with hawks. Residents also took part in the RSPB Big Garden Bird Watch and spotted the wildlife living right on their doorstep. Maureen Richardson, an 84-year-old resident at Perry Manor, said, I enjoyed having all the birds come to visit. I have never seen one close-up before and it was such a special experience. Catherine Matthews, home manager at the care home, said, We all enjoyed a wonderful afternoon meeting and the, the impressive creatures and it was great to watch the wildlife on our doorstep too. Here at Perry Manor, we are always seeking new and exciting activities for residents to enjoy. Animal therapy has proven to be incredibly beneficial for older people as it can have a calming effect, improving mood and energy levels, as well as encouraging conversations. We were delighted to be part of the RSPB Big Garden Bird Watch again this year and to welcome the impressive birds into the home. A big thank you again to Walks with Hawks. Perry Manor is run by Care UK and provides full-time residential, nursing and dementia care as well as short-term respite care. In 2022, the team took home an RCN Nursing Award and Worcestershire Health and Social Award, rated outstanding by the CQC. The home is designed to enable residents to live enjoyable and fulfilling lives. The care home has had its own cinema, cafe and hair salon. The visit of the birds wasn't the first animal encounter for residents. Aldi has been named the cheapest supermarket in the UK for January, with various top-named brands featuring amongst the most affordable for shoppers. The consumer group, which ranked shop chains like Tesco and Lidl, among its cheapest, with the winner claiming the honour for the eighth time in a row. The winning supermarket could save shoot. Shoppers, £25.68 pence, compared to the most expensive one on the list. Which named Aldi the cheapest supermarket in the UK for January 2023, stating that it is around £26 cheaper than Waitrose, the most expensive on the list. Of the findings, Julie Ashfield, Managing Director of Buyer at Aldi, said, We know just how important it is for families up and down the nation to find ways to cut costs any way they can. And at Aldi's, we are dedicated to keeping prices low and quality high across all our products. The latest findings from which show that customers can save themselves over £25 on one just one basket by choosing Aldi that's not just pocket change. The fact that which have found Aldi to be cheapest for eight months in a row is a testament to our commitment to our shoppers. This news comes as Aldi unveiled its Valentine's range with themed meal deals from just £3.84 per person and a dozen red roses available from February the 11th for only £4.49. The stores and their average basket prices are follows. Aldi, £82.03p. Lidl, 
£84.7p, Tesco £93.80p, Asda £95.32p, Sainsbury's £95.65p, Morrison's £96.58p, Ocado £100.87 and Waitrose £107.71, which revealed Aldi to be £11.77 cheaper than Tesco and £13.62 cheaper than Sainsbury's, with little close behind the winner. A new dog groomers is opening in a popular dog apparel shop in Worcester City Centre after moving from Droitwich. Petite Paws Only, formerly of High Street in Droitwich, will become a part of Hugo and Ted in Reindeer Court. Hugo and Ted is a dog apparel shop which opened its doors in July 2022, selling items such as summer cooling tees for dogs, fleece jumpsuits, jumpers, luxury knitwear as well as bags, beds and homeware and a selection of natural treats. Charlotte Mosley, owner of Hugo and Ted, said, We have been wanting to open a groomers for a long time, so we are really excited about this collaboration with Petite Paws Only. Saturday, February the 4th, was the groomer's last day in Droitwich before the move to Worcester. Cat Walker, owner of Petite Paws Only, said she is really excited about moving her business to Worcester. She said, We have had a lot of success in Droitwich, but we are ready for a new chapter in Worcester. I am really excited to work alongside Hugo and Ted and help make Deer Court even more dog-friendly. You already have the wonderful Hug and Ted and dog-friendly cafe in the area as well, so it is great to have an area for dog owners in the city centre. I also think we are filling a gap in the market as a groomer in the city centre where people can leave their dogs, do some shopping and then pick them up freshly groomed. Hugo and Ted also recently moved stores in Reindeer Court to support the business's recent expansion. Charlotte Mosley said, Since our original opening in Reindeer Court last year, the business has been so popular we were able to move into a larger unit in Reindeer Court where we are making our own products directly above the shop floor. We have also launched a new dog treat company as well called Hugo and Ted Treats, which is available in store for owners to grab their dogs as a woof and mix treat selection. The salon will be open from Tuesday to Saturday between 9am to 5pm with appointments available from Valentine's Day or Tuesday the February, February the 14th. A Worcester Schools girls football team has won a tournament after displaying fantastic knowledge, energy and commitment. The Year 10 and 11 Nunnery Wood High School girls football teams hosted the tournament with teams um, Nunnery Wood and Blessed Edward and Bishop Perone School. Miss Wright, PE teacher who leads the team, said a huge congratulations to the team. The competition was very tough. The girls were playing against other very strong schools. The Year 11 girls have been playing together since Year 7 and their energy, passion and skill never ceases to amaze me. Our captain, Grace Bromage, leads by example on the pitch, communicating with the team and sharing her fantastic football knowledge. Zoe Bloss and Amy Faulkner have energy levels through the roof and I wouldn't want the job of marking them.
We have seen some fantastic goals this season, but two highlights so far have been from uh, Ruby and Jaylee and Zoe Bloss, both from outside of the box, unstoppable. I also want to give praise to Tasmia Ali, whose commitment to the team has been outstanding. Eight girls football team won a tournament which took place in November 2022 at the Chase in Malvern. They played against and won all six teams' matches. Miss Wright added, Our new Year 7 girls have made a big impact in our under-13 team. Shout out to Lexi Williams, Ella Haywood, Erin Scouse, Natasha Lydra and Mariam Abdalatif. The football has gone, not gone unnoticed. Our Year 8 girls have come on leaps and bounds since Year 7. They have grown in confidence and their knowledge of the game has made a big impact on, the game, on our gameplay. Although not in the photo, Emily Gromsky and Phoebe Fellows, Year 8, have worked tirelessly for our team and are both great role models to our Year 7 girls. Well done, girls. Keep up the good work. A man who created a false document in an attempt to steal more than £2 million from a charity has been handed a jail sentence at Worcester Crown Court. Stuart David Pierman, 75, of Breeden Road, Tewkesbury, was sentenced to five years and three months imprisonment for fraud and making a false statement on oath. The Crown Prosecution Service brought charges against Pierman following an investigation by West Mercia Police. In 2015, an elderly woman known to Pierman was diagnosed with terminal cancer and sadly passed away at her home on 7th of August 2016. The deceased wrote a will in 2014, making an air ambulance charity the main beneficiary of her estate. She left 25000 to Pierman, who she had appointed as one of the executors of her will. Shortly after her death, Pierman produced a document which he entitled Letter of Wishes to Solicitors Dealing with Her Estate, declaring that he was now the sole executor of the will and the main beneficiary. Pierman suddenly stood to inherit £2,186.79p, significantly more than the 25000 which she had intended to leave him in the 2014 will. Solicitors appointed to process the will raised doubts about the legitimacy of the letter of wishes and an investigation was launched. It was found that the defendant wrote the letter of wishes shortly before the deceased passed away and medical evidence from the deceased GP confirmed that she did not have mental cap capacity when the letter was purported to have been signed by her. Pierman involved two further defendants, Alexander Yuryev Shikov, 35, and Luke Willem Williams Derrett, 42, to support his criminal behaviour by requesting them to sign the letter of wishes as witnesses. Shikov and Derrett provided sworn affidavits confirming that they signed the letter of wishes as witnesses after it was signed by the deceased. However, they later confessed that they in fact signed the letter after the deceased had died. 
They both pleaded guilty to willfully making a false statement on oath and were sentenced on the 1st of February 2023 to four months' imprisonment, suspended for 12 months. Simon Timbrell, Detective Constable of West Mercia Police, said this was a despicable crime that sought to both take advantage of an incredibly vulnerable woman and deny a life-saving charity vital funds. We are very pleased the estate will be bequeathed as intended. A locomotive named after an Oscar-winning Mel Gibson film is on its way to the Cotswolds. Gloucestershire-Warwickshire Steam Railway is to welcome the British Railway's Standard Class 446 number 75014 named Braveheart to its fleet for the first three months of the season. The engine is expected to arrive in Toddington, Gloucestershire, in early March and will remain on the line until after the Cotswold Festival of Steam on May the 12th to the 14th. Richard Johnson, chairman of GWSR PIC, said this will be a very welcome three-month addition to the GWSR's locomotive fleet and we are very grateful to the Dartmouth Steam Railway and Riverboat Company for lending their locomotive to us. It fills a gap left following the withdrawal of Great Western 2802 number 4270 on expiry of its boiler certificate in January this year and before the under-overhauled 1905 built 280 number 2807 returns to service later in the year. 75014 is in fact an entirely appropriate engine to be on our railway as during the 1950s and 1960s other members of the class regularly worked over our line and in the wider Cheltenham and Gloucester areas. Number 75014 was completed by British Railways at Swindon Works in December 1951 where all 80 members of the class were built between 1951 and 1954. It was allocated to a variety of London, Midland and Western Region depots before eventually being sold in 1967 to Wooden Brothers scrap dealers. The engine languished in their Barry South Wales yard until 1981 when it was purchased by a consortium of preservationists from the North Yorkshire Moors Railway. In 2000, the engine was named Braveheart in recognition of the Mel Gibson film of the same name, which was also shot in the West Highlands. GWSR train services start up from March the 4th at weekends, running from Cheltenham Racecourse through villages such as Winchcombe en route to, en route to Broadway. Police have stepped up patrols after a rural burglary. Officers from Kempsey and Ulfric, Safer Neighbourhoods Team and Link and Dyson SNT were out on Sunday. It follows reports of burglaries in the area. Patrols are likely to continue over the coming days following the break-in. A spokesperson said, Performing rural patrols today after reports of burglaries from the local premises. Glad to report nothing suspicious seen at the time of patrols, but patrols will be continued for the foreseeable future. 
Sorry, I've just got one more, a very short one mm -hmm. to read here. Um, a driver was fined for speeding. A Lamborghini driver has been convicted of speeding. Craig Casey of Littleton Road in Droitwich has been charged with speeding on a main road through the county. The 53-year-old broke the 60-mile-an-hour speed limit on the A46 Evesham Bypass on August the 13th of last year. He was convicted on January the 10th, with the next hearing of the case due to take place on Friday, February the 10th. Also on January the 10th, Casey was convicted of failing to give information relating to the identification of a driver when required to do so by or on behalf of the Chief Officer of Police for West Mercia on September the 16th, 2022. Harriet Baldwin, MP, is looking forward to scrutinising bank bosses. It comes after the NatWest Chief Executive, Dame Alison Rose, U-turned on her decision not to appear before the Treasury Com Committee next week, claiming she was too busy. The West Wor Worcestershire MP, who chairs the committee, did not want to see an all-male panel and now Dame Alison will join bosses from Barclays, HSBC and Lloyds. We look forward to questioning the leaders of the UK's biggest banks on issues of fundamental importance to our constituents, said Mrs Baldwin. Public scrutiny of our largest financial institutions is vital. Total COVID-19 infections in the UK have dropped for the fourth week in a row and are at a level last seen at the start of autumn 2022, figures show. Infections are not falling across all age groups, with increases in England among primary and secondary school children and for 35 to 49-year-olds. The recent drop in coronavirus patients in hospital has also come to a halt, as health experts said they were concerning signs the number may be rising. A total of 941,800 people in private households were likely to have had COVID in the week ending January the 24th, down 15% from the previous week, according to the Office for National Statistics. And now some items of sport. Worcester Raiders moved quickly to sign up Bailey Fuller following his departure from their cross-city rivals. Fuller left Worcester City at the end of January following a disappointing stint with the Blue and Whites. He has now made the short trip along the 449 to join Raiders with chairman Steve Harris, excited to see him in action. Bailey has been the club's radar for some time, said Harris. <clears throat> he had a great season last year, but his playing time has been limited recently. I personally believe he can play at a higher level. I'm sure the fans can't wait to see him playing in a Raiders shirt soon. Harris added that the artificial turf used at their home ground, Six Ways, could help Fuller's style. He said, The management team believe Bailey would be more suited with the service at Six Ways and they can get the best out of him. He is a smashing lad and conducted himself professionally during the process of signing up. Fuller finished the 2021-22 season as City's top scorer with 16 goals. After unsuccessful spells at Leamington Spa and Hales Owen Town at the start of the current campaign, Fuller returned to Claines Lane in October, permanently following a one-month loan from town. 
Since then, he has struggled for minutes, especially since the arrival of Chris Corns as manager. However, Corns has admitted that the relegation scrap city find scrap city find themselves it does not suit the forward. If we were at the top of the table, he would probably be playing every week and ripping teams apart, just like he did last season when City were at the top, he said. Unfortunately, with the position we are in, it's hard to carry these flair players, not in a disrespectful way. Some players do not have that DNA. I certainly didn't. That suits, tra- that suits tracking back and mucking in. They want to stay up on top and do their jobs in attack. It's disappointing, but that's football, and we have parted on great terms. He was really good about it, and we all, of course, wish him all the best. Much like Raiders Chair Harris, Chair Harris, Corns believes the pitch conditions have have not helped Fuller at all. He said Claims doesn't suit him, course, because the pitch is awful. Some pitches at the moment are difficult to play on, and it makes it hard to play the sort of football he wants to play. He added. It was an England Lions debut to remember for Worcestershire pace bowler Josh Tong as he celebrated a five-wicket haul against Sri Lanka. Tong produced a deadly burst of three wickets in five balls on the second morning of the second test to finish with figures of 22 for two and 76 for five. His efforts helped the Lions dismiss Sri Lanka A for 332 in 88.1 overs after they had resumed on 190 for three. Tong had picked up the wicket of Nisha Madushka on day one, but he made major inroads when he came into the attack this morning with Sri Lanka A on 203 for three. He made the first breakthrough of the day in dismissing opener Lassif Crosspuller, 128, and his next delivery accounted for Lahiru Udara, naught. Tongs struck again with the third ball of his next over, removing Chamika Karatani, naught, as Sri Lanka collapsed to 219 for six. After an initial spell of five to one, and 6-16-3, Tong came back into the attack to send back Sri Lankan captain Nipun Damanjaya for 61 to complete his five-wicket haul. His overall analysis on day two was 11-3-1-31-4 and it was a proud sight for Worcestershire supporters when he walked off clutching the match ball at the end of the innings. England Lions then raced to 234 for three of 35 overs by the close, with Jamie Smith, 86 not out, Alex Lees, 75 not out, and Josh Bohannon, 54, the main contributors. Worcester City boss Chris Corns believes the colossal performances of the club captain Aaron Roberts has been a key factor in his side's recent upturn in form. The skipper headed home the only goal on Saturday as City made it three wins on the trot in the Midland Football League premiere away at Tividale. The 1-0 victory was also City's third consecutive clean sheet and Corns was keen to heap the praise on his club captain. He was superb out there today, that was on Saturday, said Corns. It's so refreshing for me to see him back. 
and do his best and doing what he does best, leading the team magnificently. I feel like after his ban earlier in the season, he was slightly short of match fitness, but today was probably his best performance of the season so far. He must have won 40 headers. Corns, who has had um, to weather a few storms since his appointment in November, was keen to bask in the afterglow of yet another brilliant team performance. Early on, I feel like we were good going forward but struggling defensively, Corns admitted. Now that we have decided to be more solidified as a unit and keep it tight, and I think it's worked really well. Jordan Stoddart has been good recently with his suspension. CJ Connor Jakeways came in and partnered Robbo, despite it not being his natural position. I thought he was superb, and it's a testament to his character that he's come in from the cold, really, and done very well. Dan Ajoki, too, he was excellent and has been in this recent winning run, so it's just great to see the team gelling as well as they do. The Worcester gaffer seems to have turned things round in the last two weeks and City can begin to start looking up the table rather than behind them. But he was also keen to show his appreciation to the supporters who have spent the last five matches on the road. The fans have been through the mill as this year, but they've stuck with us and ultimately they deserve days like today, Corns added. We had a bit of stick after the first four defeats and I think we expected that the fans expect us to win every game. I knew it, the winning run was coming. I believe in myself and back my abilities to perform. Maybe we could have um, developed an identity earlier on in the rain, but I think we were lacking in personnel, which caused us to struggle at times, with lads like Lorcan Sheehan and Hayden Whitcomb coming into the group. We've already got its fanta- we've already got its fantastic. As a fan, you want to see your team running through brick walls for the badge, and I think these groups of players, they've got it now. Right, now um, <coughs> a message, well, a, a story about the mayor again, <laughs> who you've heard speaking, and uh, also a story about him. The mayor of Worcester is planning a unique pub crawl to celebrate his 60th birthday. But there's a serious message behind Adrian Gregson's three-month tour of 60 historic city pubs. He is hoping to highlight the role the pubs play in their communities and will also encourage donations in two good causes. Councillor Gregson said, Traditional pubs and taverns are at the heart of our city's history and community, providing a meeting place and hub for socialising for hundreds of years. Pubs are of enormous importance to our communities and are about far more than simply having a drink. They are places to make friends, to chat through whatever's on your mind and to play games and sports like darts and skittles. And they also act as venues for music, arts and entertainment, supporting the many talented performers we have in our city. Pubs so important for so many Worcester people. The pandemic and now the cost of living crisis have hit our traditional pubs really hard. So I want to spend part of my remaining three months in office (laughs) 
on a mayoral trail to highlight the great work they do and how important they are for so many Worcester people. I turned 60 this year, so it feels appropriate to turn the spotlight on 60 city pubs. Customers at pubs visited by Councillor Gregson will be encouraged to give to the charities benefiting from his mayoral appeal. On-site advocacy, which supports vulnerable people, and Seven Arts, who work to bring high-quality music and arts in Worcester. I won't be collecting when I'm in the pubs, but I will be encouraging people to support my appeal by searching online for Just Giving Mayor of Worcester, said Councillor Gregson. The trail starts this week as the mayor, mayor drops into pubs including the Plough in Fish Street and the New Checkers in Aswood Road, the Dragon Inn at the Tithing and the Oak Apple in Spetchy Road. He'll be providing updates on his Twitter account at WorcesterMayor.com and points out he will be using his own money to pay for any drinks he has along the way. Donations to the Mayor's Appeal can be made at www.justgiving.com dash crowdfunding dash mayor of Worcester dot UK The King's Coronation is the inspiration for the theme of this year's Malvern Well Dressing Festival. The popular festival, which will be held from Saturday, April 29th to Sunday, May the 7th, will see more than 50 wells creatively decorated in the theme of kings and queens. The festival starts with dressing the wells on Friday, April the 28th. Judging takes place on Saturday, April 29th. And prize giving with rosettes and certificates is on Bank Holiday Monday, May the 1st in Priory Park, where a family fun day also takes place. The theme connects with the coronation of King Charles III, which takes place on Saturday, May the 6th. But anyone taking part in the dressing of wells can also link it with the historical, mythical or fictional kings and queens. The annual event celebrates the history of the Morven Hills district from its iconic spring water and Victorian water cure to the area's ancient pagan traditions. It is brought to the town by the Morven Spa Association with local businesses and community groups taking part. Around 200 adults and more than 500 schoolchildren will all be involved in dressing the wells across Morven. Visitors can view the creations by setting off across the hills on foot, by bicycle or on a self-drive tour. Maps can be downloaded from the Morven Well Dressing Facebook page or from Morven Tourist Information Centre. Entertainment taking place includes singing, well blessings, minibus tours and more. Councillor Daniel Walton, Cabinet Member for Tourism at Morven Hills District Council said, We are really looking forward to the return of this popular festival. It is always such a great opportunity for residents, schools and community groups to come together and take part in dressing the wells and springs. Well dressing organiser organiser Rick Banbury said what a marvellous theme Kings and Queens is so fitting for the build-up to the coronation while for those who are less engaged there's a mass of possibilities including nursery rhymes fairy tales rock stars and drag artists this theme has it to excite dressers to make wonderful creations come May Day 
visit Morven Well Dressing on Facebook or morvenspa.org for more information. A special educational needs school's innovative approach to rescuing animals and combining them with academic studies has been nominated for an award. Glover's Peace Mini Farm has been based in Solwarp, Droitwich for the last six years and has been put on forward for the Special Educational Needs Award. The school, which looks after students from ages 8 to 16, was nominated by Rachel Hackett. She said that they provide excellent education and care for each student. Glover's Peace is a fantastic school that applies the most wonderful nurture approach to students and staff. It continues to provide animal care to a range of rescued farm animals. These farm animals also provide amazing nurturing space for our SEN students. I believe Glover's Peace Mini Farm is an amazing school for all students to grow and to become themselves. I have personally seen students change drastically and it is wonderful. Lynn Duffy, head teacher, said she was very excited to hear about the school's nomination. We provide a therapeutic setting for education through animals, yoga and music intertwined with academic studies. We treat each child as an individual and match their timetable to them so no student has the same timetable. Children can feel empathy with animals. Those animals have come from a difficult background and our children feel like they can help the animals, help them thrive and have a better life. It is always gratifying when someone thinks you have done a great job. We provide a nurturing environment for our pupils and the six principles of nurturing are at the heart of what we do. The Worcestershire Education Awards, in partnership with the University of Worcester, has 12 categories and runs across all of our Worcestershire titles, the Worcester News, Malvern Gazette, Evesham Journal, Bromsgrove and Droitwich Advertiser, Redditch Advertiser and Kidderminster Shuttle. The closing date for nominations is Monday, the February the 13th. Um, the awards will culminate in a black tie event on Thursday, April the 20th at the Abbey Hotel in Great Malvern. An anxious Turkish coffee shop owner spoke of his desperation <clears throat> as he awaits news of a friend and his wife who live in a town hit by a devastating earthquake. Making call after call to his friend Ahmet, Mustafa Gokman, who runs Elgar Coffee Shop in Reindeer Court, wiped away tears as he spoke about not being able to contact him days after the earthquake hit Turkey and Syria. Ahmet, his wife and their newborn baby were caught up in the earthquake on Monday when it hit their city. Hours after Mr Gockman spoke to the Worcester News, he received the news he had been hoping for. The couple and their baby are safe and well. However, their family are still trapped and underground. Mr Gockman, through his sadness and despair at the situation, decided to raise funds through his cafe to pay for blankets and clothes for survivors in Turkey. He said, I just keep ringing them. I just hope one day he just picks up the phone. Firstly, when I saw the earthquake was a 7.8 magnitude tremor, straight away I said, this is not very good. 
I was watching the news every day for the past two days, always, but last night I decided I needed to turn off the television. Through tears, he said, it is really very sad, really, really upsetting. I hope that everyone is alive, but it just upsets me. We are a family, even though I don't know most of the people affected, they are still my family. A recently married policeman and wife from Mr Goman's village moved to one of the cities affected by the earthquake. Despite not knowing them well, the two knew his parents and he said they had recently been found dead as a result of the earthquake. Those working at the cafe have volunteered all their tips and are donating part of their wages to help those in Turkey. Yesterday morning, customers had already helped raise £70 in just a few hours via a donation jar on the counter. On Monday, the cafe will count up the money raised and start buying blankets in Turkey for those affected. They also accept blankets and clothes, but stress that this will take longer to ship over to the countries affected. Mr Gottman said he was thankful to everyone. Lanterns will light up the night <coughs> sky during a hospice's fundraising walk at the National Trust's Croom near Worcester. St Richard's Hospice will host its fifth one-and-a-half-mile lantern walk at 4.30pm on Saturday, February the 11th. Sophia Gunster, fundraiser at St Richard's, said, This event is a firm favourite in our calendar, as it's a chance for our community to come together to walk in memory of their loved ones. But you don't have to walk in memory. It's also a fantastic way to experience the beautiful grounds of Croom and enjoy the atmosphere on the evening. Last year's Lantern Walk raised £8,097 after costs towards our care for patients and their loved ones. This is a brilliant amount and we ask those taking part this year to raise as much as they feel they can to help us continue to fund our services. Everyone taking part in the walk and those who are aged over five will be given a lantern and an LED candle to carry around the route. LED wands will be provided for children aged under five. The on-site cafe will be open during the evening, selling hot drinks and light snacks. Guests can bring flasks with them to use in the cafe. The Lantern Walk is sponsored by Russell Mears and Gill of Worcester Limited. Karen Gill, director at Russell Mears and Gill, said... We are extremely honoured and it is a great pleasure to sponsor this event for St Richard's Hospice. We appreciate, and so will many, the fantastic hard work and care given at the most difficult of times. It is important to continue raising money to ensure the work of the hospice can continue well into the future. Russell Mears and Gill will continue to support this. Tickets cost £20 for adults and £15 for children under 16, while children under 5 go free. A family ticket for four people costs £55. To book tickets, visit www.strichards.org.uk forward slash event forward slash lantern walk. St Richard's Hospice is an independent charity caring for adults with a serious progressive illness, improving their quality of life from diagnosis, during treatment, to their last days and supporting those important to them. Each year the hospice team supports more than 3,100 patients, family members and bereaved people in Worcestershire. It costs £9.72 million to run the hospice, 
21 through 22 years audited accounts, which includes patient care and all the necessary support services. St Richard's is an independent charity and relies on donations and gifts in wills for the majority of its income, with the remainder funded by the NHS. For more information about St Richard's Hospice, visit strichards.org.uk. Police have arrested four men after a dozen officers were seen in Cathedral Square in Worcester. Officers said they were called to a theft at the O2 shop yesterday and another theft had already occurred at Vodafone. A police spokesman said police were called at 3.30pm on Tuesday afternoon to a report of a theft at O2 in High Street, Worcester. A second theft has also taken place at Vodafone. Officers are currently in attendance. Four men have been arrested and enquiries are ongoing. Eyewitnesses said they saw the officers searching near Worcester Cathedral at around 3.45pm. One passerby said he saw officers searching in College Green, College Yard and King Street before officers returned to Cathedral Square with one man in handcuffs. Another man was seen in handcuffs nearby and other two were taken to nearby police cars. Other witnesses said there were three police cars and a police van in Cathedral Square. Other officers went across College Yard and found a second man placing him in handcuffs. Shortly before the officers were spotted, another witness said they saw five police cars driving at speed with blue lights flashing on Croft Road. Police left the area shortly afterwards at about 4.10pm. Worcester Canal could be described as a trolley graveyard after a staggering amount was collected from its murky depths. A spokesperson from Canal and River Trust said it was bizarre after volunteers pulled out 13 trolleys from the water. It added that the money it uses to make sure items like trolleys are removed from the canals could be better spent and urged people not to dump items in the water. The Trust has also called on supermarkets to help stop people stealing and dumping trolleys. The group was fishing metal items out of the canal underneath the bridge by Farm Foods in Shrub Hill, Worcester. It was the second time the volunteers had been out in the space of a week and the volunteers were shocked to pull out even more trolleys. One of the Canal and River Trust volunteers taking part in the clean-up said no idea why people find littering our lovely canals with trolleys so much fun. After a week since our last check we managed to pull 13 out trying to keep our canals clean. In response to the tweet another user said it's disgusting why do they do it? Volunteers also managed to clear the river of a white pram frame, a child's pink scooter and various pieces of scrap metal. The Canal and River Trust said it aims to make sure the country's waterways are teeming with all kinds of wildlife and places for people to spend time among nature. A spokesperson for the Canal and River Trust said the charity, its volunteers and supporters work year-round to make the canal special places to be. They added, it has never been appropriate to dump trolleys or litter into the canal, but today when canals are enjoying a renaissance and delivering so much to society, it is particularly bizarre that some people want to do this. As a charity, it costs us much needed time and resources to remove trolleys, money that could be spent looking after these century-old canals so that we can pass them on 
pass them on for the benefit of future generations. We need the supermarkets themselves to be more proactive about looking after the trolleys, making it harder for people to wheel them off so that they can get up to mischief with them. A teacher is over the moon after being nominated for a top award at the Worcestershire Education Awards. Bretforton Village School's Greg Satterley has been nominated for the Teacher of the Year Award. Delighted with this news, Mr Satterley said there's no other job he'd rather do. I am so honoured and humbled to have been nominated for this award and it honestly means so much to me, he said. I have to say it came as quite the surprise and it's taking a little while to sink in and to be recognised for doing something you love is such a fantastic feeling and I'm incredibly grateful for this recognition. I love what I do and love being a small part in the lives of the children I teach and cannot think of anything else I would rather be doing in the whole world. Mr Satterley added, the fact that this nomination is from a parent makes it even more special to me. I'm humbled honoured and over the moon with this special recognition. Mr Satterley was nominated by a parent of a pupil at Bengeworth CV Academy, part of the Bengeworth Trust. He left the school last year to take up a new role as specialist curriculum leader and KS2 teacher at Bretforton Village School, also part of the Trust. The parent who nominated Mr Satterley described him as an outstanding teacher with the ability to make each pupil feel valued. Every single child in his class absolutely loves him, they added. My son loved his year five at Bengeworth and 100% put that down to having Mr Satterley as his teacher. He is phenomenal and deserves recognition for the way in which he teaches children and allows them to reach their potential. He has made an imprint on my child's heart that will be there forever, and I'm very grateful. He said, He is immensely popular with children, parents, staff, leaders and governors, and is an exceptional teacher and leader. He's been a huge hit at Bretforton and is still working with colleagues at Bengeworth as an integral part of our Trust Education Improvement Team who work in partnership with schools across the locality and within Worcestershire. It's no surprise that he's been nominate, nominated for this award again. He is a wonderful teacher. The Worcestershire Education Awards, in partnership with the University of Worcester, has 12 categories and runs across all of our Worcestershire titles, the Worcester mm -hmm. News, Morven Gazette, Evesham Journal, Bromsgrove and Droitwich Advertiser, Redditch Advertiser and Kidderminster Shuttle. The closing date for nominations is Monday, February the 13th. The awards will culminate in a black tie event on Thursday, April the 20th at 7pm at the Abbey Hotel, Great Malvern. And this is um, about a care home bond linked to the past. A magical coincidence led a Droitwich care home resident to meet the granddaughter of a former work colleague from Worcester Porcelain Factory, when Eileen Collett moved into Sanctuary's Care, Westmead Residential Care Home, she was completely unaware of the bond she would share with Activities Coordinator Kate Lockwood. 
At the age of 13, Eileen started work at the Worcester Porcelain Factory, becoming friends with Kate's father, Owen, who passed away when Kate was just three. Their history has given them such a special connection. Eileen and Kate love to share stories about Owen, who was 15 when he met Eileen. Eileen's daughter Susan Pugh said, We couldn't believe it that the day we found out, Kate showed Mum some photos of Owen and it all came back to her like it was yesterday. It was magical. Kate explains, My heart melted when I found out. It has been so interesting meeting someone outside our family who knew him and can tell me stories about him. Eileen has told me about when he and my grandmother got together and how in love they were. Eileen was also there the day Owen had a terrible accident at the porcelain works. Someone turned on the lathe he was repairing, resulting in him losing his arm. Owen survived and was offered a job for life. Kate has shared newspaper cuttings about the accident, as Owen became very well known locally at the time. There were even fundraising events held for him. When the war started, Eileen joined the Women's Land Army picking crops in the fields. The American troops were stationed nearby and Susan recalls Eileen had many tales to tell. Susan adds, I think they were quite handsome. Her overriding impression of them was that they all had good teeth. Every Saturday they would collect the girls from the villages and they taught them the jitterbug. Kate and Eileen will not only spend time reminiscing, but Kate has also helped Eileen to come out of her shell since she moved in, building her confidence to enjoy enriching activities with her fellow residents. Thank you, Sue and Janet. And now we will uh, have our thought for the day. The thought for the day comes from John 1, uh, verses 29 to 30. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. And the obituaries this week. Ivor Thomas Hill passed away on the 15th of January, aged 82 years. His funeral service would take place at Worcester Crematorium on Tuesday the 14th of February at 4 o'clock. Family flowers only, but donations if desired for St Richard's Hospice may be left at the service or sent to Bedwardine Funeral Services. That's 01905 748811. Gerald Drew passed peacefully away on the 7th of January. He was a former teacher at the Chantry uh, School, Martley. Um, his service, uh, his funeral service, is at St John in Bedwardine Church on Worcester in Worcester on Tuesday, twenty-first of February at eleven thirty. Family flowers only, please. Donations, if desired, will be gratefully received for the Alzheimer's Society, and uh, the family would really welcome those. All inquiries care of the co-op. Funeral Directors, Lowesmore, Worcester. Ivor Russell, uh, aged 79, he died um, on the 19th of January. His funeral service will be held at Worcester Crematorium on the 2nd of March at uh, 10.45. 
Family Flowers Only to AV Band Worcester, but donations to save the children. Karen Payne passed away suddenly on the 11th of January, aged 48. A funeral service will be held at Worcester Crematorium on Tuesday the 21st of February at 10.45. Uh, I'm afraid there aren't details of, um, of a funeral, furnisher, uh, funeral director, so it may well be that if you know the family, you can contact the family directly. Joan Cole passed peacefully away at St Richard's Hospice, aged 96. She was a retired head teacher at, of Cropthorne C of E Primary School. Her funeral service is on Monday the 13th of February at 2.30pm at Worcester Crematorium. Family flowers only please, but donations for St Richard's Hospice may be left at the service or sent care of Bedwardine Funeral Services 01905 748811. Dr Peter Edward Mayner, he passed peacefully away at home in Malvern near Malvern, aged 84, on the 20th of January. The funeral is to be held at Great Malvern Priory at midday on Tuesday the 28th of February. Donations in his memory will be split between ARCOS and the Gurkha Welfare Trust Charities and may be sent to E.W. Spilsbury Funeral Director, 12 Upper Housel Road, Malvern, WR141TL. Eric George Hackney of Tenbury Wells died on the 19th of January, aged 87 years. Um, he has a funeral service at St Bartholomew's, St Bartholomew's Church, Baton, on Monday the 20th of February at 12 noon, followed by burial in the churchyard. Family flowers only. Donations received in memory of Eric will be shared with Alzheimer's UK and Baton Church. Inquiries to H.A. Coldcott and Sons, Funeral Directors, 15 Market Street, Tembury Wells, WR158BH. Telephone number 01584 810281. Ron Hemming passed away uh, on Saturday the 14th of January, aged 80. His funeral service will take place at St Augustine's Church, Dodderhill, on Wednesday the 15th of February at 2 o'clock. Family flowers only, but donations if desired to the National Autistic Society. Care of George Crump and Son Funeral Directors. Colin Morton Lettice uh, died on 29th of January, aged 90. The funeral will take place on Monday the 20th of February at Worcester Crematorium at 12.15. Strictly no black, please. Family flowers only and donations, if desired, will be for the Alzheimer's Society and the British Heart Foundation. Anne Leonora Dyram, Vivian Robinson, died on the 22nd of January, aged 90. Uh, family cremation will be followed private family cremation will be followed by a service of thanksgiving at Himbleton Church, Church Lane, WR97LG, at 11.30am on Monday, the 20th of February. No flowers, but donations to Hunt Services Fund. 
Sarah Jane Kimberley passed away at home on the 3rd of January, aged 55 years. Funeral service at St Michael's Church, Little Whitley, on Wednesday the 15th of February at 10 o'clock, followed by interment at the churchyard. Family flowers uh, and donations, if desired, for St Michael's Church may be sent to E.J. Gummery and Son, 68 to 70, Ombersley Road, Worcester, and there'll be a collection plate also available at the church. George William Parker, known as Bill, from Lower Broad Heath, passed away on January the 15th, aged 89 years. Um, the funeral service will take place at Worcester Crematorium on Monday the 27th of February at 11.30am. Family flowers only, please. Donations, if so desired, will be gratefully received for Prostate Cancer UK. Could you send all floral tributes to the Co-op Funeral Care Services Limited, Lowesmore, Worcester? Telephone 01905 22137. John William Pugh died on the 19th of January, aged 76. Um, his funeral service would take place at Lower Broadheath Church on Thursday the 16th of February at 12 noon, followed by a burial in the churchyard. Family flowers only, please, but donations to St Richard's Hospice sent care of Bedwardine Funeral Services, 30 Bromyard Road, St John's, WR25BT. Telephone number 01905 748811. And we send our condolences to all those people's families and friends from, from us here tonight. Take care.